0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the OMR Podcast International, where we like to go inside the minds of the biggest names in digital and tech. My name is Scott Peterson, digital marketing editor at Omar, and I am excited about today's pod because we are going straight into one of the Internet's biggest hype areas du jour, Pokemon cards. You think I'm kidding? Not kidding. If you fire up the old YouTube machine and search for TCG, trading card games, and unboxing, or some combination thereof, you will find all sorts of videos with a ridiculously high number of views. Also, there is the famous Black Lotus card from Magic the Gathering, which you can have for about 40000 US. A card that costs $40,000. Like I said, I'm not kidding. My guests today, Marco Shadlich and Yamin Kauf from Card Market, know all there is to know about the Black Lotus and everything else on the TCG scene, as Card Market is Europe's largest resale platform for trading card games. Card Market has over 1 million items for sale on its platform right now, and with 500,000 users from 30 countries, Card Market is a fascinating case study in community building and target group segmentation. So, without further ado, I'll let Marco and Yamin give you the lowdown on how Card Market went from niche passion project to big-time international player. That's right now in the OMR podcast. So I'm pleased to be joined by Card Market CEO Marco and social media manager at Card Market, Yamin Kauf. Guys, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you guys on. Um, I mentioned it a little bit at the top in the intro, but maybe a good place to start is um, also a place where we can provide a little added context to the listeners. Um, is what exactly it is that Card Market does? Um, so Hear it's straight from you guys. Maybe the TLDR version for Card Market.
1: Yeah, it's um, basically we are an online marketplace for trading card games and accessories. Um which just means that if you are interested in buying trading cards, um, you are more than welcome and can easily <laughs> find the probably the largest offer in in Europe. And if you are having trading cards and you want to sell them, then yeah please also join card Market and um, you have the ability to sell your cards to a large audience And yeah, basically it works similar to eBay. Um, You have um, buyer and seller and we are basically bringing them together and make sure that um, they have all the information that are necessary to make good trades.
0: Okay, so it's it's a resale platform, a resale marketplace for for trading cards primarily, correct? correct? Okay, and then you also, in addition, you do some events, the card market series, um, when live events, of course,
1: are permitted. Yes, we um, do a lot of community work, and um, one of them is mm-hmm. uh, that we also having events if there's not a corona pandemic going on. Yeah, fingers
0: crossed. Um, well, Marco, I think I'd like to start with you. Um, what's what's your background? How did you get to car to card market?
1: Um. Yeah, my background is uh, basically I'm I'm. Uh, have a phd in business administration um, so i'm basically um yeah bring bringing the the typical management skills with me with a business administration study um yeah i, I worked a long time for a consulting company and and basically also had always had the plan to um yeah become an entrepreneur and basically mm-hmm. with card market i had the chance together with my two partners Luis and matthias to realize this and um, I basically joined the company, um, and um, yeah, basically built it up. Then from there uh, um, to a um, yeah quite stable <laughs> company <laughs> yeah. as it is now. I
0: would say so. Did you have any experience with uh, TCGs, trading card games, before you joined?
1: Um, yeah, as I was a kid, obviously, uh, I was also in contact with TCGs, but um, I, I was not so deeply involved as my partners have been or some other people, maybe, yeah you know I mean? Um, so uh, I'm really more like the business guy than, than, than less the TCG guy.
0: Okay, uh, Yamin, similar question for you. Um, how did you end up uh, getting a card market? You uh, have a little bit more experience to the gaming side of things, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, exactly, like I've, I've been a long time TCG player f- f- like basically my, my entire life because I really enjoyed them as a kid so I just kept them as, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, uh, at first I was a customer of card market, right? I, I signed up as a user and I used the platform a bunch. Um, okay. Before uh, starting to, uh, the very first thing I did for Card Market ever was writing articles for our um, blog, okay. uh, which is called Card Market Insight, which like, you know, just tries to cover the most recent like news and stuff r- actually related to the games themselves. So mm-hmm. I uh, wrote some articles there and then uh, one day Card Market opened up uh, an, an internship for marketing uh, purposes and i applied and uh i think my like the the skills i picked up when like being in the like tcg community Mm -hmm. really like helped (laughs) convince sure for example marco (laughs) of hiring me
0: (laughs) Yeah, very much. I mean, you have the expertise, I guess, uh, coming and being one of the, the community to, quote unquote, make it big um, uh, to, to join the company. I imagine that was a, a huge benefit to your profile. Um, um, yeah. Um, so you said you were a, a professional
2: player or you played competitively. Uh, which games did you play? Uh, I, I I only played well not not only but I mainly played Magic the Gathering, uh-huh. which is uh, also the largest game that's currently like on card market. It's uh-huh. uh, got by far like the largest user base, and so I I wouldn't call myself a pro player in there, but I did like play play professionally for quite a bit and like made some money off of tournaments and stuff. And okay. by doing that, you obviously like when you devote so much time to a hobby, you obviously like get deep into the community and sure. uh, like meet interesting people and know what the people like talk about and what they think about and how they think yeah sure I, um
1: i mean je- yep. he he joined a pro tour and also he had some really great wins and sexual times So he's really modest here <laughs> but <laughs> okay
0: so he's uh he's the michael jordan of cart um, is what you're trying to tell me <laughs> something along those lines <laughs> Or the, the, the Ronaldo, whatever. I,
2: I mean, yes. I I would like it, if you want to like put numbers on it or something. I would say I definitely like achieved something that only maybe the top zero point five percent of players. There you go. Achieved. That's a pretty.
0: That's pretty good company to
2: keep. That's <laughs> <laughs> not bad at all.
0: Um, We'll get back to a little bit more like the 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 gaming side of things uh, here in a, a little bit later. I wanted to um, kind of pivot back a little bit more towards the business um, and kind of just for a little bit more context, like some of the the some facts and figures about about the card market, the platform. How many users um, do you guys have registered on the
1: platform at the moment? Um, yeah, it is, um, it's it's. It's quite a lot. Um, I mean, we we officially state uh, half million, um, which where well, but the number of accounts is higher. But um, as with many uh, websites, if you have an account, it doesn't mean that it is active. Um, but yeah, we we have a good active uh, user base, um, and and I think um, a lot of also dead accounts. But when I subtract them, so we are. I think. At five, half a million, it's a good number. Okay. And uh, how many people does Card Market employ? Um, we at the moment are uh, roughly at 50 uh, people. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the structure of the the workflow is often um, supported by freelancers. So we're also having a lot of community based guys that writing writing, as Jamin said, like uh, for instance, freelancers are writing articles for us. Or doing mm-hmm. videos or doing a lot of other smaller things that where it's not necessary to having a full-time employee uh, at card markets, So um, the number of people that we're working is probably would double the the, the number of um, employees. Sure, um, and you guys are, are based in
0: Berlin, um, but I, if I'm not mistaken, you're Europe's the largest resale
1: platform for TCGs in yeah. Europe, correct? Yeah, that I think that's that we are. Often known as the reference uh, marketplace, so basically people coming and checking the, the the price of a car because we have a lot of offers, we have a lot of demand, um, and so basically then it's economical system that that works quite well that gives then you the best price or that's the fair price, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and at the moment, um, yeah, there are a lot of competitors in the US, um, but here in Europe um, we are quite dominant. Okay, um, I think
2: like when yeah. what Marco said is not not to be undervalued. Like what he said about being a reference. Um, obviously, trading is a large part of trading card games, and if you go to like any uh, shop or like meet any other players in in those TCGs, and you want to make a trade, mm-hmm. they will like check card market to see what the current price is, and if you if you like suggest a a price and and People will call you out on it based on the stats on card market, just like recent sales prices and so on. Like,
0: oh, okay, so it's really uh, it's a it's a reference guide uh, for for people even away from you guys. So it's a, it's a it's exactly a, it's a not- even quote. for
2: offline trades. Yeah, you, like players will often quote card market prices simply because they are so efficient, as uh, Marco said, because it's oh, it's not quite an efficient market, but it is mm-hmm. like. It has such a high volume that the offers and uh, the yeah the the offer and the demand uh, produces quite an accurate price most of the time.
0: Okay, um, it, you just mentioned volume. How many cards are currently uh, up for sale uh, on the platform? Roughly.
1: Um, I mean, it, it depends a little bit um, how you. How structured? If you wanna have the number of articles, or if you wanna have really the numbers of offers, but let, let's put the numbers of offers, which means like um, whatever Yamin has an offer, I am have an offer, you have an offer, then basically then you have mm-hmm. three cards. That um, but it's still the same card. Um, so we are roughly at 100 million um, okay. different cards you could basically buy. It's not all cards, but let's say products. But okay yeah, if,
2: you, if you were to order every single thing that's available on Cart Market you would not end up with 100 million things in yeah. your mailbox. Okay, okay got it. F- fair enough. And um so which uh, where which markets are
0: your primary markets where you're focusing at? It's just Europe, correct?
1: Yes, uh, so from a regional perspective we are dedicated to Europe, which is already a, a huge challenge because I mean um we are talking about 30 countries so we're having the EU uh, Great Britain, Switzerland and Norway Um, Mm -hmm. and so we're dealing with I think 28 languages um, 13 different rules and regulations Um, so um, at the moment we're offering at card market 5 different languages so every post, um, every communication is always translated in in 4 additional languages so this is uh, quite challenging in in the ordinary process as you can imagine Um, often Obviously we English is our main language in a way that we also are having internally um, speaking because we work in mm-hmm. a little international team um but yeah it, the entire con- um, concept of being in europe um is for instance too challenging for all u s <laughs> competitive because they have it uh, there's easier for them they have one regulation one one law uh, one language in the u s so um, they're often looking. Over to Europe, but then basically step back and say, okay, maybe this is too too much for us. Leave it to you guys. Um,
0: but so you said you there are five main languages: so English, German, Spanish, French, and Italian. Yes. Okay. Score. Um, but uh, you, what are the the. Differences in regulations. I just kind of figured uh, naively apparently that uh, there'd be one kind of blanket regulation for commerce in the EU, but that apparently
1: is not. Yes and no. Um, Yes, of course, the EU helped a lot with standardizing um, certain things like shipments um, or whatever, some some VAT rules or these things. But at at the same time, you're having a lot of national uh, laws and rules that are still taking place and and also in every country the the shipment methods differ um, in every country there are some you know um, different vats that you 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 need mm-hmm. to collect uh, they, um, it's uh, <laughs> if if i would go into a detail headache. we <laughs> could find a long list of things that differentiate and where we basically deal every day with um, which makes sometimes our own support really challenging, but obviously, we try to find a clear rules that fits for every country. Sure. Um, but so, is it fair to
0: say that Germany or the DAC region, uh, so Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, is the, the largest market, the most significant market? Yep. Yeah? Okay. Um, and h- how much uh, traffic are we talking about for card market, roughly speaking, um, uh, in a month or annually? How many impressions, would you say,
1: or sales? Do you make? Um, yeah, we, we're talking about... Um, it, it depends a little bit on, on, on the season because um, over the year you're having, especially when there's uh, new expansions coming out in the expansion season. but So, for mm-hmm. instance, for, before Christmas, we are... Um, not um, having a lot of sets because people are more using their monitor, their share of wallet too, for other products. Um, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can be in a good month, up to 10 million uh, sessions.
0: Okay, that's not bad. Um, so um, I wanted to get your take and your opinion on uh, the kind of Pokemon hype that's been going on. So f- uh, as far as I could tell, it was about, I think it was last October, where one of the Pauls, I think it was Logan or Maybe, yeah, it was Logan who live streamed an unboxing of a yep. of a box of Pokemon cards that he got for two hundred thousand. And then I saw that there is uh, there's a couple other guys on YouTube that just do similar things. it's like um, professionally graded boxes of of cards or um, uh, unopened boxes of cards, and then getting them professionally graded and all this stuff. But doing this a lot of the stuff in just live streaming it. And that just seemed, from my perspective, as somebody who's not really familiar with the scene at all, that it had to have had a huge boost, at least in awareness. Did you guys notice any
1: uptick? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it was incredible. Maybe uh, yeah, I mean, can can give you more details about it. But uh, yeah, we have had it, especially uh, starting in January. Um, it basically um, Europe is always a little bit late, <laughs> in okay. certain things. Um, so but then the hype started and the. the the first quarter of this year was insane also a number of pokemon sales but also on on how many people putting offers live and and probably the
0: traffic to the instagram channels correct
1: yeah we we like we
2: saw that increase not only on on the website itself but also on our social media channels you know every every day like you you have a bunch of new followers half of which are um like new youtube channels that are trying to like you know replicate what logan paul i think it was uh did you know trying to mm-hmm. replicate that and then you know getting into that community but uh you know we o- magic the gathering was and probably will be our biggest game for for quite a while um, mm-hmm. followed by Oh and then uh, pokemon always ranked in third but uh with with the new hype like that that might change or has already changed. Um,
0: Just from a collector's, uh, like a volume of cards on the platform or like sales for the game or actually uh, f- uh, with professional players?
2: Um, so ooh, the, the topic of uh, players versus collectors is is another one. Yeah. But yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. It, it might have already changed or it might change um, because depending on the indicator that you use you can obviously get different results right like you, mm-hmm. you can you can tweak any statistics so that sure you get the result you want right um but as for pokemon like the the whole hype obviously got a lot of eyes on, on the cards and also sparked a huge um demand in in sealed products since a lot of people want to replicate what uh, logan paul did right and they, they want to be uh, just like that, and and open packs on on camera, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, the, like the the demand really spiked in sealed product, but obviously the the single cards also.
0: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, if you pull, if you're lucky enough to pull one of the really really valuable ones, then uh, you might as well try to get your money for it. Um, I wanted to add, you'd kind of alluded to it that there's a huge difference between collectors and players. Um, what are how would you describe like a typical uh card market user your target
2: that's 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 a hard question um because i think uh because the difference between players and collectors is is so huge and you will always be on a spectrum uh, on both of these axes right like um, you will almost never meet someone who is purely a professional player and doesn't see any value in collecting these cards, mm-hmm. um, collectors often uh, have their incentive to collecting. Like, they get that from childhood memories and stuff, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that with everything that you collect. Why else would you collect? I, I don't know what else mm-hmm. sure. you would collect. Like, there's always some emotional value attached to these things, whereas players basically only need the cards... To compete in tournaments, right? Like they see the utility of it, exactly. And so, the typical card market user uh, is always on a spectrum uh, on both of these okay. angles, I would say. Sure. And then, if if I would have to like make a statement about that, I would say that collecting is. Uh, the larger focus overall but this heavily varies from game to game too okay. for example Yu-Gi-Oh is much more gameplay focused uh compared to
1: pokemon so what, what you have is basically they're like tr- three um yeah things that is dedicated to trading card games like you have the trading component you have the collecting component and you have the the playing component and um and there are people there that basically filling in in all of these three components um, and some mm-hmm. of them just focusing on gaming and or and on one of them so, or only collecting or some of them are just, you know, then the professional, they are more only on trading. So it's... Um, there's a it's a solid mix of all of them obviously between the games there are differences, and there's especially the current type of pokemon is triggered by the by the trading and and the collecting um, scene because people see trading cards also as kind of investment object which it's true mm-hmm. in a certain way i mean especially uh, if you hold them longer or if you if you're trying a or expensive card uh, there's a decent chance that you can make money with it and especially if you're having if you're patient and having some times then often the value increase especially if the when the quality of the card remains stable so like near mind um, near mint um, mm-hmm. then there's a good chance that that you can make some money with it and um, especially nowadays as um, there are negative interests in, in the financial markets People Mm -hmm. looking for opportunities to invest in something. And uh, indeed, uh, TCG has a trading card game. Trading cards have become an investment object, especially in Pokemon.
0: Have you seen a lot of uh, professional investors get on board? Um, I mean,
1: I I think it's nothing where you say, okay, there's like a big, big, big investment doing, but it's like more an add-on to your portfolio, I would say.
2: Okay. Also, the volume of um, people investing is obviously very low because you don't want your investment to be, um, let's say, 100 cards valued at 10 years each because getting finding a seller for 100 cards is much harder than finding a seller for a single highly valued object. Obviously, this is simplifying it a lot, sure. but I think you get the gist of it, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, so, um, I wanted to, uh, while we're on the topic of like uh, the rare and valuable cards, like what what makes a card so so valuable? Is it like the artwork? Is it the absolute rarity? Is it its use in games? Is it just something you can't really define?
2: It, it, in short, it, it depends, yeah. as always. In every topic, uh, you get deep into. It, the answer is always it depends. Now, uh, it's mostly a combination of all the factors you just mentioned. Um, for players, obviously, a huge a huge, like, um, uh, quick difference in price gets made when um, a card suddenly becomes viable for tournaments or needed for tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if if nobody saw this car, card X being good in tournaments and then suddenly it is very good, it turns out to be great, and everybody needs one copy of it or four copies of it or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, it rises in price because demand has just risen. So Not. just
0: like the copycats for in the games, they see like the like, okay, I can win some tournaments with this, and then everybody wants one. And so exactly. that's a that, Okay, And so that, that
2: happens uh, a lot. Now during the past year a bit less because there simply are no tournaments, right? Sure. Like no physical tournaments. But that's basically one of the that's the highest vi- uh vitality you will see in card prices short term. Mm-hmm. And then for collectors, um a large portion of the of how attractive a card is or how, how like valuable it is comes from the rarity of course because when demand is low prices will be higher mm-hmm. and then also uh, a, s- a certain uh want in the community for for certain characters so for example charizard is a pokemon that will right. always like the, a charizard card will inherently always have a higher value than any other Pokemon, even at the same rarity, simply because demand is higher due to like artificial emotional value, right? Okay. It always comes down to how much emotional value does does the general user or the average user uh, attach with this card, and then how much do they want it, right? In the end, you can always narrow it down to supply and demand, and with these cardboard pieces that don't have any inherent value it's it's all emotional value yeah it's all just stuff that we basically attach to it but so like with, with I mean Charizard I, I get
0: it I mean it's at least a little bit like it's kind of you know cute and, and very unique as a, as a character like I maybe it's not personally my thing but I can understand the appeal of of finding that lizard Pretty damn cool, like regardless of the utility. Um, but if I'm uh, what, if I'm not mistaken, the most expensive card, like regardless of the
2: game, is that the Black Lotus from Magic: The Gathering. Um, expensive card. So the most expensive cards tend to be some uh, weird promo that was maybe printed once at a convention but leaving those out of the mix because I I think that's just unfair because yeah if there's one of a kind like uh, for example the creator of Magic the Gathering Richard Garfield once created uh, I think two cards each or something for his engagement to to his now wife okay um, uh, and those things These are, are, just are all, off the wall, uh, yeah, crazy prices. Yeah, yeah, because there's um, like four of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what are you going to do about those prices? Anyways, um, for for like regular cards, yeah, Black Lotus is probably leading the pack there, like uh, on card market right now. If you want one from the very first edition, which is called Alpha, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can get the first one currently listed at forty k euros. So forty thousand euros for. A uh, black lotus that's really beat up. Like uh, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a scan attached to it, but okay, uh, yeah, there actually is. But um, a really beat up one. And then if you want it in a good condition, you you have to pay like upwards of a hundred thousand euros.
0: It, and uh, did that come also just from scarcity, from the fact that it was so rare, or is there like some type of other use or factor? Was like there an artist who was involved with it? Um, that's just it,
2: yeah. So the the emotional value attached there. The utility on this card is very low. Let's start out with okay, that one. Yeah. There's um, especially for the very first edition of a card. You you don't have to get the first edition of that card from Alpha. There's also Beta and Unlimited. Um, so you don't you don't need to uh, get the yeah mm-hmm. the the Alpha version of Black Lotus. So utility is very low, and the emotional value comes from the fact that the card is and was very very powerful within the game it belongs to a set of cards that's called the power 9 which were the mo- nine most powerful cards back okay. from the very beginning of magic when when they didn't when the creators of the game didn't quite know how to balance these cards so these were just blatantly overpowered and and for that reason it kind of has additional emotional value and has and has like attained that
0: Okay, I gotcha. Fame. So it had, yeah, exactly. It has a fame through longevity and history and this kind of like lore about it, if you
2: will. Yeah, uh, exactly. There's tons of uh, resources online. If you just like type Black Lotus into any search engine you want, you'll find a lot of resources on why that card is like so expensive and why it ha- the whole history of the card, basically.
0: Okay, well. I appreciate that little kind of uh, history lesson there, but speaking <laughs> of history, I wanted to get back to the genesis of CardMarket, the kind of founder's legend, if you will. Um, my understanding is that one of your co-founders um, started it about, or had an epiphany sometime in the mid-aughts, around 2007, 2008, is that correct? That's
1: correct, yeah. So my my co-founder, so basically, we have only one founder, if you want to put it like that. Mm-hmm. That's Luis. Um, Louis basically came up with the idea 2007. At this time there was basically the internet was still new. Um, There Mm -hmm. were not many um, websites out that offered any unique service. So even Amazon was small. Um, eBay was at this time a little bit bigger, um, but still small. And yeah, at this time they basically came up with the idea to creating a marketplace. Um, that is dedicated to trading card uh, games, which basically makes the difference to to eBay, or make a big difference to eBay at this time.
0: Okay, but when it um, when Luis founded it, it was more of an online shop and not so much of a resale platform, correct?
1: No, no, the no, it was always a marketplace, and um, okay, and and yeah, it was. But as it always with the marketplace, you need to. Bring offers to the market and then find mm-hmm. obviously buyers. Um, and yeah, and there were a few, let's say, connections that he used. And um, and pretty quick, he also gained uh, my second partner, Matthias, then for this for this project in 2008. And um, basically, um, Louis coded the entire marketplace by himself, sitting okay. at his bed. And and basically, uh, we even. Um, had our own company um, that was only dedicated for trading, so it was Carmichael, Um mm-hmm. And we basically, yeah, organized our own offers um, um, so that people could also buy something from from Louis and Matthias at this time. And um, yeah, because you need kind of starting to uh, having the flow on a marketplace, and this means. You need initial offers, and that's what basically what happened. So you can imagine that they're sitting both on a bed. One is programming on a computer, and the other one is basically, um, yeah, collecting the cards and, and you know separating and into packaging. And um, yeah, the the first years, um, I think that was uh, maybe I'm not the best person to. Uh, to tell the stories here, but I, I heard a lot of stories about this, um, and it was really, as you can imagine, from from other legend stories, that is really pure from home, um, no money, um, really mm-hmm. only. Coded by themselves and, and did everything. On and we're running on a fair yeah. and with, yeah. with nothing, <laughs> and just kind of shouting out that there's a new marketplace there. And yeah, and over time, that's the cool thing with the TCG community and in general is that there's a lot of interaction. So people discussing things, finding out mm-hmm. are, are curious to see new things. And that's basically they, they made the first five years no marketing at all. So basically, it was okay. all driven by uh, word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth, and um, yeah. So obviously, the the growth was not insane or not compared to any other company that has a financial investor in the back end that putting money on, on the company. But it, yeah, the good thing is then after a while, when you're getting the growth and you're starting, then um, also with a little bit marketing here and there, then yeah. It's basically running sure. from alone, and since 2007, we have an organic growth which is um, stable and um, really, yeah, also impressive in my opinion. Because I mean, existing now for 14 years, um, this is probably not many companies can say this. No,
2: absolutely not. Not in today's space. Um, yeah, to but me, to me, that founding story is always like the classical hero's tale, right? Like yeah. this, like small startup that over overcomes all the. Like the huge barrier to like establishing itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, t- totally. I mean, you just basically turn like a a passion and a hobby into a, a profession that's actually viable, but without losing like a lot of that core ethos of like what what the reason like, that Luis got into it uh, to begin with. From what I hear, you know, you're just sitting on your bed, you're programming, you're doing what you love, it, and you're sending out cards that you are individually hand packing. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. But what, what would interest me is when would you say was the time that, so from the time it found, was founded in 2007, 2008, but how long did it take for you, for card market, to kind of be known as an authority, a trusted source for prices for, for cards?
1: Um, I mean, it, w- it was Probably after five, six years, uh, we, we basically mm-hmm. also changed the entire market. I mean, you have to imagine that in 2007, uh, there were catalogs uh, sent to, to people at home and they were having a physical catalog and, and possibly having the, the cards in there and then making, mm-hmm. some, filled in some some forms and send it somewhere. And then later they got back the. The cards that they requested, and, and and you had just eBay where you had randomly cards on it, and but nothing was really structured. So basically, um, the card market brought up a lot of value um, to the player base and the community by having a structured way of um, listing, but also buying these cards. And um, and then when you have a significant user base and uh, enough offers and enough demand, then you also becoming then a reference in, in the price. And I guess this happens then after five, six years. I mean, it's hard to say because um, in the first years, we are really were dedicated to Magic Germany. Then we basically mm-hmm. opened up the market to Europe. Um, then we added Yu-Gi-Oh! in, in 2012. Um, and then we kind of professionalized um, later on then also by syndicating everything into card market before it was magic carton market or magic card market so we, we had a dedicated right. marketplace only for one game um in 2015 we, we introduced pokemon to pokemon card market and um, basically it was mm-hmm. our third game or our no, fourth game we had already a word of warcraft tcg but this died in 2012 <laughs> so but it's okay. still um uh it's, source of sales um, I mean there are still people that are trading this so that's, that's the cool thing with the secondary market that um, people still having these cards and still tr- trading this and you have a stable, t- really stable turnover even with dead games um, so yeah and, and in 2016 we all basically migrated everything to cardmarket.com we purchased the domain and since then I think we, we basically established us as a it's the main player in in Europe with with one brand and and a lot of tcgs and nowadays we offering all important tcgs which i think we have 12 at the moment um mm-hmm. so um and and yeah we are now the reference here okay and um so you mentioned the
0: that the trend or the, no trend uh, so in 2015 2016 you completely consolidated all these separate on um, resale platforms, um, so that you just had one resale platform regardless of the card game. Um, while that's the trend on the resale platform, social media, it's a completely different uh, game. Uh, everything is separated by game. If uh, so, at least on your Instagram channel, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Yeah, um, maybe I mean, can you say something more? But on the even on the website, we have. Um we have it um, separated um, by by game. So if you if you're landing at cardmarket.com, you basically have to choose a game, and then you're coming to the real landing page of the game. Um, so um, a Magic player might not even know about the the Pokemon uh, or Yu Gi Oh page um, because he will only be at the Magic. Okay.
2: Yeah, and, and as for social media, like we 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 know our role in the. <laughs> for our users right like we mm-hmm. we are not the thing they are excited about they are excited about the games and so if if you're a pokemon player or a pokemon collector um and you log onto social media you you don't want to see uh, the the card price change that a magic card has just undergone or something so to us it's important to you know show the users what they want to see and maximize um, relevance for them, so to speak. A, like, exactly, exactly. It is a lot of effort to do that, but uh, to us, it's definitely worth it because the whole thing is based on a community. So, if we can do that for a community, then that's definitely worth it.
0: Okay, uh, how many followers do you think you have uh, across all your Instagram channels? Or your social media channels, I should say. So,
2: so on Instagram specifically, we currently sit at a combined like 45,000. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, that's around 20,000. And on Facebook, it's 85,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I checked most recently. Uh, so what, what does that make? 130, 150,000? 100, roughly around, yeah, roughly thereabouts, yeah. Obviously, there's some like you can't just take these numbers for granted because there are people that follow multiple channels and stuff right that, yeah uh, like um, obviously even just within one game someone can follow Instagram Facebook and Twitter and then suddenly they would be counted in three times there so don't, don't take these numbers just as they are but like as a reference. Maybe. Is
0: there a lot of overlap? Would you say between games? Because uh, the way you made it sound is like if you like if you're a collector, maybe if, not so much if you're a collector, but at least if you're a player, you tend to focus on one game.
2: Exactly. Um, I think for the most part that is true. Uh, even for the um. Uh, and for the other, for the other, let's say maybe five percent that uh, that do follow another game too. Mm-hmm. Um, those are more um dominant in Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball. Like Magic really has like kind of its own fan base. It's like the largest game of the three. Mm -hmm. Um, But Magic players uh, don't tend to meddle with other games at the same time. Whereas um, especially for like the other three games all have one thing in common. And that's that they are based on characters from somewhere else. Right. Yeah. The Pokemon TCG was built on the Pokemon Game right, the the original one for you know your Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yu Gi Oh was uh, has this whole anime following, you know the uh, right. Same that's based Dragon on Ball. the card game, and then um, Dragon Ball. Yeah, obviously that whole thing is also based on an anime. So uh, the the follower, there's a lot more overlap there in these games simply because uh, followers of one anime often. Tend to follow the other enemies as well. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just I
0: never really even thought of it that way um, that the other three just exist in an in an outside IP or cosmos yeah, exactly. to the game into the to the collectible aspect. That's that's a very good point. Um, I mean, and
2: that that also drives like the huge focus on collecting or the the bigger focus on collecting in these games.
0: Probably reach different audiences too that normally wouldn't be involved. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, so you primarily you mentioned the channels that you're primarily on Facebook, Twitter, um, and then Instagram, obviously. Um, Twitch uh,
2: and YouTube. You guys are active as well, correct? Yep. We use Twitch mainly for. Um Broadcasting our tournaments, which we touched right. on earlier, but that are currently not happening uh, at the moment, we're also dipping our toes into um, other types of content on Twitch and then YouTube. Used to be this big archive for the tournament replays, which were very popular because players love watching tournaments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and now we're like for for the past uh, year or a bit more. We have also like um, started. Uh, going into uh, other kinds of content on there. As Marco mentioned, some freelancers uh, create videos for us that you know just try to be entertaining or helpful to the community.
0: And that's just all community outreach to kind of you know, retain and just take care of and interact with your community, especially when you're not able to see them in person, correct?
2: Yeah, exactly. We have this huge advantage, like Marco said, that our marketing is like, easily done via word of mouth simply because we are a reference so all like we we get to do this this is not something we like mm, we're forced into or something we get to just have fun with our community basically because they will continue to use us so we we get to interact with them and we want to interact with them Uh, whereas other companies often have to focus on like how how can i connect this social media post to generating sales or like getting click through to my product, we can just say, Hey, you know what's going on in the T C G market. This is this is currently happening. This is actually like relevant to you and then if if you sure. decide to check it out, you will go to cart market anyways simply because we are so focused on TCGs, and we are the reference.
0: Right, and uh, you have essentially you, you, the product is built into the marketing, or vice versa. It's it's there. You don't really have to invent it. Um, and I saw like um, on on Instagram, primarily uh, at least, you have like a few different types of posts. You have like giveaways. You have featured cards. Like maybe like a new pricing trend. You have announcements, obviously, and then also strategy posts um, for, like, ways of using different cards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is there a, a certain type of post, maybe per game, uh, or just generally speaking, that has the most resonance with the, like, just the most traction with the, with the community?
2: The ones that often generate the most um, interaction are, are often... Con, uh, controversies within the game. Like maybe if um, if a certain topic is not well received by the community, let's say maybe there is a card that is way too powerful or a, okay. uh, maybe a decision within the game. or Like those kind of controversies uh, often... Kind of like mm, hate baiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, uh, we don't try to force that because that t- to us just isn't...
0: Yeah, you don't want to necessarily get everybody up in arms, but, you know, if it gets people's attention that's good too. Uh,
2: exactly, but especially yeah, we, it's topical. We, we just want to basically let let our users know what's going on, especially with right. price trends because that is also what they use card market for, right? We're the reference, so let's let's uh w- we will also let you know if if there is something that is rapidly changing that you should know about too.
0: Okay. And uh, are there huge um Differences in response uh, to certain posts, to content pieces, definitely, depending on the community. Yeah, could you yeah, tell me about um, some differences? Uh,
2: the as we mentioned earlier, the the different games have different audiences. Um, for example, the as I also mentioned, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is much more gameplay focused. So, for example, um, you don't run we don't run certain posts as often there. For mm-hmm. example, for Magic: The Gathering, we we sometimes post about. Um, Altered arts, which is um, when when an artist retouches the artwork of a card and like sells mm-hmm. that on card market, we don't do that for Yu Gi Oh simply because it's n- not so much about the, the the audience doesn't care that much about that kind of content. Uh, it's much more gameplay focused. So, but for example, um, a post about changes to gameplay that are upcoming, like mm-hmm. if if Konami the the publisher of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! If they um, ban or restrict a certain game uh, card for gameplay, then we will for sure make a post about that because uh, that's what's relevant to our community. And then obviously, yeah, the responses also vary in there. At the same time, (laughs) you have to keep in mind that your audience is not the same user 60,000 times or whatever, how many followers you have on the platform. Your audience is sprinkled all over the place some are collectors some are players and even within the players there are sub uh, communities for uh, different types of gameplay i I don't need to get into the specifics here Um, but just we have to keep that in mind when posting too and cater posts towards these different different audiences because we don't want to leave anyone behind and we don't want to turn into this mess of like boring samey content so um, if you look into for example the strategy guides uh, that we post uh, on our blog and then also on social media you will find these are often aimed at very different audiences and then uh, get different responses and uh, different responses based on the size of that audience. Okay
0: that makes sense. I wanted to um, ask you uh, about the the tournaments that uh, you mentioned, the strategy uh, guides and stuff, which I, which obviously then focuses a lot on the gameplay or only on the gameplay. Um, but these these events, the Card Market series, it's a, a fascinating, uh, yeah, competition in that it's the premier tournament in all of Europe. Is that correct? I mean, depending on the on the game.
1: Yeah. So basically, the the general concept of the Card Market series is that we um, having six stops all over Europe all over the year, and mm-hmm. so basically every two months. Um, um, the last event that took place was in January 2020 before Corona. Um, in in Paris, um, we basically then renting a big big hall um, with 3,000 square meter, and um, then we offering all important and even unimportant. Um training games um, to the user base and um, basically everyone can come join um, you have to register and um, basically can then win prizes um, usually this goes over from Friday to Sunday so three days and mm-hmm. um, and have different format by game so it's uh, uh, it's very specific and yeah and people love this because they even traveling across europe. Um, um, coming from different countries, it's quite inter- interesting. I mean, you have obviously the most people come from. If you're in Paris, and they come from France, but um, there are a lot of people coming also from Spain, Germany, or whatever. Um, just to to meet up, um, there's a really uh, people are really exciting, um, excited about um, these these events because it's not only about playing it's also about socializing it's about getting in touch with new people um meeting up maybe we have on some vendors that maybe buying some things that you might not buy in your local store um yeah and also just experience some some yeah exciting tournaments uh, on on site it's a big difference to the online thing that that at the moment is dominant um because it's it's a a different feeling I mean you can probably compare it with, with online poker and real poker mm-hmm. because um, there's like these um, if you're seeing your opponent and, and feeling how he's feel then it's a different thing than when you're just having a screen <laughs> in front of you and, and just seeing what, how he reacts um, Yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah and, and there are some people coming um, to win these this things so especially the professional but many people just coming for the feeling so
0: it's uh, so it's not only um, just the, the the card games themselves, but there's also vendors going on. So kind of like a little trade fair yeah. feeling vibe going on. And uh, do you have like strategy workshops or things like that, or like I don't know, celebrity players or other things of that nature yeah, that are going exactly.
1: on? Exactly. So the the ideas um, that we even in the future want to become a bit more like a like not a Comic Con a TCG Con. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, really. Um, being a place for everyone that want to play, that maybe collectors that um, having chance to make their deals, um, and also bringing up uh, bringing together all the professionals and maybe have some workshops and especially these things helping a lot because again it's a community-driven um, market and um, and if everyone in the market goes does well then then card market as well so we have an interest in also giving something back to the community and I think obviously it's also has a marketing purpose behind it um, and we're paying a lot on top um, to organizing these events because it's a lot of work um, and we don't earn any money on this but it's fine because um, it brings us a lot of value back in, in other ways
0: how many people attend the events would you say roughly speaking
1: it, it it's it depends a little bit on the location and um because mm-hmm. um in some countries um yeah, uh, there are more players than in others but i can get just give you the, the last numbers i think we were over the weekend 3000 registered players um, um so i mean you on a saturday um the the hall can be filled mm-hmm. with 1500 people which I find quite a lot because you have to imagine that everyone is sitting uh sitting on a table like having an opponent um, on the other side of the table and then playing and sometimes there's when everyone in the hall is playing you you hear everything so there's such a noise you can't imagine and when the round is over it's so loud it's so noisy <laughs> it's a really imagine, it's a, yeah. it's a really special feeling um
0: Yeah, as uh, somebody who works for a company that has gotten their start in live events, I I know exactly what you mean. Like just getting into that the feeling of being in a hall with all sorts of people, just the echoes and everything. It's got a really special vibe to it. Hopefully, we get back there one of these days. But Corona has uh, obviously put a nix on the majority of live events. um, But it would seem that that might be kind of a silver lining for card markets since people are not able to go out as much, meaning that they're staying at home a little bit more. Maybe they have a little bit more time to, I don't know, um, get into the collecting aspect of it. Or maybe people that have been out of the game are coming back to it, um, just as a couple of examples. But um, have you seen, uh, I guess uh, you've obviously had an impact from Corona, but um, just curious, has it been more positive or has it been more of a taxing, very difficult situation for you guys? Um, uh,
1: I mean, Corona started in March last year and the first two months um, we saw a big decline uh, because I think people Mm -hmm. hesitated to invest any money or to trade and because everyone was unsure about the situation how it goes on. Uh, but then we basically also benefit, um, as Amazon or other online marketplaces did, from trading at home is more safe. Instead of going to the to, to your local um, trading card shop, um, you basically ordered it online. So then we we had a really uh, good growth and then pushed then with the Pokemon hype as well. Um, this was definitely a good last year for us. Uh, at the end, so we are more on the winning side of Corona um, than, than, than than a real loser. But obviously, the, the way how things are handled uh, changed a little bit, as you said. Um, I mean, people probably got more collectors and less players now to the market. Um, mm-hmm. Because just as there's no chance to playing at the moment, uh, if you're not playing at your kitchen table with your family or friends. Um, so... Mm-hmm yeah it changed a little bit the way how how people used card market um, but in general it it was positive for us okay um and I imagine
0: trying to translate or re relocate the the tournaments to a digital space is not really viable right now. Is that correct? Um,
1: the thing is that uh, the the producers of the games obviously um, have a, especially Wizard have a huge interest of uh, to getting into esports and investing a lot of money. So there is an online mm-hmm. version of the game for almost every TCG, and especially for Magic the Gathering, they they having the MTG Arena. And, and you basically can register there and play and having your online cards there and, and buy these online cards. And this is uh, really interesting for, for the producer because he doesn't need to produce a real card. He just needs mm-hmm. to program this. Um, so as we are a pure marketplace for tra- real trading card, um, it's not in our direct interest to basically hype the, the online version as we also think that's not really the way how trading cards are originated. I mean, the, the original um, fun is from sitting together with your friends and, you know, discussing and then you seeing what the other guy does. And so especially, especially then on, on real tournaments, but also at the kitchen. So um, they're, they're, we're missing the social <laughs> impact on, mm-hmm. on the online or e-sport game. Uh, but yeah, they, obviously there was a big, big trend in the e-sport, especially the first month. But after a while, then we had to, the feedback that people get not bored, but you know, get saturated with with the online game, and, and we're basically longed for for sitting again on a real real base and playing TCG. So we obviously supporting real TCG gameplay in, in any matters, and we have a lot of partnerships mm-hmm. and um, have supported a lot of tournaments, but also players and and sponsored a lot of the community, um, but we are not so uh, in favor of the, um, supporting the, the e-sport um, as this is not directly valuable for to, for our business.
0: Fair enough. It makes total sense. Um, where where do you guys see card market going from here? What does the future hold for you guys?
1: Yeah, we definitely want to become, uh, I mean, the vision, let, let's put it this way, the vision is that we're becoming the... Uh, the dominant um, trading um, card marketplace in the in the world for all important trading card games um, this is something that is on our agenda but this is really a long-term goal um, mm-hmm. nevertheless we have a um, platform or a marketplace which is uh, which is really unique in a way that is for a specific type of product as trading card games that are that you can basically retrade again um, mm-hmm. there are also other products that could be used or miniatures um, um, there are a lot of other collectible products where you could be um, could be interesting. There's also board games, which are not so much in the secondary market, but they also sometimes we use. So there there are a few product types that fit into this marketplace that we have. So, which means like um, there are also strategies um, which basically targeted on a on a nerd marketplace where you say okay, um, uh, you're having a a, a lot of. Um, user or a big user base that is into gameplay in general which means like they, they love not only trading games they loving uh, role games they loving uh, board games they, and and why not offering them these kind of products as well as you have already these the, these buyer base and at the same time mm-hmm. you're having the sellers because many of our professional sellers and online and uh, on-site stores in, in, in your city. And they are not only offering in their shop trading cards, they're obviously offering also all other types of gameplay. Um, so this is definitely something where we're also looking into.
0: All right, and most of those products uh, are all in the, the analog space, I would say. Um, there's uh, one topic that is all the rage, and I'm pretty sure that you guys know a thing or two about NFTs, the collectibles that are going on that are just taking over the world, quote unquote, maybe, it'll, maybe it's a hype that is just passing. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, there's a, at least one kind of similar, yeah, TCG is the wrong term, but like a, a similar vein of game, uh, Monsters Chain, I think, with these NFT-based collectibles. Do you guys see, foresee any, any trend towards that space or that becoming relevant for you guys?
2: there's uh, our entire infrastructure is like aimed like the card market is specialized so much in uh, trading card games that I think these don't fall into uh, not
0: in not these, a, not these yet
2: are yet just not orbit. fit for for the for the platform because sure. And there um, are also already like other platforms that are specifically built for NFT um, marketplaces, right? Because uh, that's also the thing I think describes describes card market the best. Uh, the that we're so focused on one niche, which is tra- physical trading card games in this case, um, because that's what separates us from eBay or from any other way of buying your cards right we have a support team that knows everything about these physical cards and we have a database that is structured to reflect card condition card language mm-hmm. all of that so i think at least currently with the amount of hype um that nfts are having it, it's just not uh, the platform restructuring the platform in a way that fits nfts is simply nothing that should be a high priority at at the levels that we're at.
0: Okay, what what about something like maybe um, uh, grading cards? Something like um, uh, authenticating, verifying a card's authenticity, Um, something like that, or is that also not really, you don't see any relevance for card market at the time? Currently
2: we already, um, so obviously that's that's always an issue when uh, you operate on Collectibles, right? Like mm-hmm. counterfeits and stuff. And uh, our users are extremely good already at like at, or educated, I would say, okay. on these topics. And we, uh, on the regular, we receive support tickets that say something like, "Hey, this this in this order there was a counterfeit card." And in those cases, uh, we already have them send the cards to us for for us to verify those okay. cards or to to check those cards because um, for. <laughs> Once again, our like uh, marketplace is completely community driven, and mm-hmm. so we are really in favor of educating our users and in making sure that everyone in the community behaves nice with e- nicely with each other. And so, yeah, spotting counterfeits and like n- n- going against those and preventing those issues from occurring is has to be on our agenda already. Um, so yeah, our support's already on top of that, and that's one of the benefits of being like a hyper specified or hyper like zoomed in market only on uh, TCG.
0: All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. That's all I have. Yamin Kauf, Marco Schädlich, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye.